Jedi Squadron is a podcast run by the Anime Secrets website. Check us out at AnimeSecrets.org for more anime, video game, tokusatsu, and now Star Wars content. Remember to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts today. Hello, new Padawans, and welcome to the Jedi Squadron podcast. Here, you will be taking lessons in the many pieces of the Star Wars universe, whether it be the movies, animated series, video games, comics, and etc. This is your training into becoming a Star Wars fan as part of the Jedi Squadron. May your training go well, and may the Force be with you, young Padawans. What is going on, guys? And welcome to the Jedi Squadron podcast presented by AnimeSecrets.org. I am your host, Nathan DeSaw. And today, once again, we are taking a look at a novel in the Star Wars Expanded Universe. Uh, but this time, uh, instead of uh, taking a look into Legends, we are going to be taking a look at the Star Wars new canon for the first time. Um, and uh, fittingly enough, uh, we are actually going to start off our uh, novel series um, in the new canon by taking a look at the very first book um, that was released as part of it, A New Dawn. A New Dawn was written by John Jackson Miller and first published in September of 2014. Uh, John Jackson Miller, uh, by this point, was a veteran Star Wars writer. Uh, he had um, done a couple of uh, comic books, um, you know, that were part of the Knights of the Old Republic series. Uh, he actually wrote a book that is still considered part of a Legends called uh, Kenobi, which is a book about uh, Obi-Wan's life on Tatooine. Um, but in this case, uh, the book that he has written as part of a new canon, A New Dawn, it is actually a prequel to the Star Wars Rebel series, which uh, gives us the origin story behind our two main characters of the show. Well, two of the main characters, uh, Kanan, and, Kanan Jarrus and Hera Syndulla. Uh, this book was actually released uh, almost a month before the premiere of Rebels. Uh, does this book do a good job at introducing the then upcoming show? Well, let's find out. Now, a bit of a disclaimer here before I jump in. Uh, unlike my Legends books, where I'm, where I tend to give a little bit more spoilers. Uh, in the case of uh, my new canon book reviews, um, I'm actually going to try to keep the spoilers to a minimum, uh, simply because you know I really want to encourage a lot of people to take a look at the new canon material. And, you know, the novels. So uh, unlike before uh, in um, my Splinter of the Mind's Eye review where I basically told the entire plot and everything, uh, whenever I do a new canon book, I am going to give the basic premises of the plot and some of the things that I like. Maybe there'll be some minor spoilers, but I want to keep them to a minimum. So uh, I, I'll probably get, get a little bit out of hand with the spoilers on Legends, but I am strictly trying to keep uh, spoilers to a minimum with the new canon. So uh, with that being said, uh, let us begin. Uh, a New Dawn takes place roughly six years before the start of the Rebel series. And like I said, it revolves around our main characters, Kanan Jarrus and Hera Syndulla. Uh, we are introduced to our character, Caleb Doom, who, um, as if you have seen Rebels, you'll know that that is the actual name of Kanan before Kanan before he actually uh, changed his name. Kanan is a former Jedi Padawan who survived the Great Jedi Purge of Order 66, and he has assumed his new identity, Kanan Jarrus. 
He's living his life, taking different jobs to get by. But unfortunately, while he's working for a mining operation on the planet Gorse, he runs into trouble when Count Vidian, a top assistant to the Emperor, arrives to inspect the mining. In the midst of this inspection, Kanan meets up with a mysterious Twi'lek woman named Harrison Dula, who is working for another mysterious person who is actually never named in this novel, trying to recruit people to her cause. And the two eventually discover a plan from Vidian to blow up the entire planet of Gorse. With the help of a somewhat crazy demolitions expert named Skelly and a Celestine Slicer named Zaluna, Kanan and Hera team up to stop Vidian while Kanan contemplates over whether or not he actually wants to uh, join Hera's cause. Now, I do want to give a disclaimer here before I start talking about in depth of my feelings toward this novel. Um, so when I originally read this book, I had not seen Rebels. I was still watching uh, the Clone Wars series um, with the intention of watching Rebels after I finished. But when I had read this book, I had not started watching Rebels at all. Now, as of the recording of this uh, podcast, I have not seen it all the way through. Uh, I have seen it midway through season two. So... Um, I don't know. Um, I'm not really quite sure if there's any Easter eggs that are later, like, you know, laid out in this novel that appear in the show. I do know that uh, we're not introduced, um, at least uh, as far as I remember, uh, we are not introduced to any of the other characters. Like, we don't see Zeb. We don't, say, we don't see Sabine. Um, and we definitely don't see Ezra since, you know, Ezra literally gets introduced to our main characters uh, in the first episode of Rebels. But uh, yeah, so this is strictly a Kanan and Hera's story. But I do want to say uh, to kind of uh, spoil what I'm going to be saying at the end of this uh, at the end of this podcast. Uh, I really enjoyed reading this book. Um, it, it didn't wow me as much as some of the other uh, Star Wars novels that I've read. But I was very intrigued by both Kanan and Hera enough to where. I did want to check out Rebels after I finished reading this book. So to kind of answer my question that I just said at the beginning of this podcast, does this book do a good job at kind of getting people hyped up for Rebels? In my opinion, it does uh, very much. Um, the story is admittedly a little uh, complicated and hard to follow, but our two main characters, Kanan and Hera, are the things that really uh, stood out to me. Uh, you know, Kanan, um, you know, Kanan, well, first of all, he's my favorite character in Rebels. I really like Kanan as a character. And this book, and maybe I'm going off a lot of how I was introduced to Kanan in this book and not so much in Rebels, but just knowing the kind of person he is in this book and seeing how he is in Rebels actually really makes me like him as a character. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of what happens to him in Rebels. Uh, you know, we're given a lot of his backstory in this book. Uh, there's actually a prelude. Um, th there's a, a short little prelude in this book where we are showing him as a young Jedi, you know, a youngling being trained by Obi-Wan Kenobi. And, you know, we're throughout the book, there's a lot of, um, you know, flashbacks of him when he was taken up as a Padawan by Depa Balaba, which, you know, that that's not really a spoiler since, you know, you see that in Rebels and... You know, we even see that at the beginning of Bad Batch, too, um, which, yeah, that's another cool thing that I love about um, this book. Like, you know, the scene where we get to see uh, Depa Balaba and Caleb Doom get turned on by the clones in Order 66 in the premiere of Bad Batch. 
that was actually kind of cool in the Bad Batch episode, but um, I'll talk more about that later when uh, Riz and I decide that we want to review the Bad Batch. Um, but moving on to talk about with Kanan, uh, you know, he, you know, we're, we're constantly shown flashbacks, you know, him witnessing her being killed. And what I love about him with this character is that, you know, he's just a guy going wherever he ends up. He takes whatever job he can get. He's actually kind of a womanizer. You know, he likes to hit up the bar sometime and, you know, like, uh, you know, hit on the ladies every once in a while, which actually kind of leads to a sort of kind of ish romance thing going on with Hera. It's not really, it, they don't go all the way, of course, but, uh, you know, it's, it's still pretty cool. And I like that, you know, he, and what I love about him is that, you know, every now and then he'll tap into his powers with the force if it helps him with his job. But at this point in his life, he's actually more or less kind of tried to reject the force. And I think this book does an amazing job at really, you know, establishing why Kanan is so bitter about the force. I mean, think about it. You know, he's been constantly, like when he was a kid, he was constantly taught about the will of the force and everything great about it. And yet, despite you know, everything that he's been taught about the Force. He's lost all his friends. He lost the Jedi Master that was like a mother to him. And clearly the will of the Force wasn't on his side then. And yeah, you could say that that's a little predictable of a story, but I'll be honest, I've never I've, I've never seen a Jedi survivor really go that route, you know, and, we, and we've seen this with so many other characters, you know, we just saw it with Obi-Wan where he's more of a broken man who's just, just given up on everything. Uh, you know, Ahsoka, Ahsoka is going around trying to live, but you know, she doesn't really appear to be completely traumatized. You know, we have Cal Kestis who's just laying low and just trying to, you know, be himself. But in, you know, in the case of uh, Kanan, he's just kind of become a straight up like guy who just doesn't care and, you know, likes to hit up the bars and drink and hit on women. And honestly, I, I really dig that. I, I, I dig that. And that's one of the reasons why I really love Kane. And I love that direction that they take him. And yeah, there's really nothing more that I can complain about with Kane. And, uh, you know, and we, of course, uh, see him, you know, slowly regain his, uh, you know, of course, and, this shouldn't be much of a spoiler if you've seen Rebels, because, you know, we, of course, know in Rebels that he's going to, you know, regain his fighting spirit and everything. But I think that the book does a really good job at um, at really, uh, you know, slowly bringing him to that. I think the pacing with Kanan's character is great. And, uh, you know, to kind of move on to the next character, uh, we have Hera. Um Hera is a pretty cool character. You know, she's another character that I really looked forward to seeing um, in the uh, in the Rebel series. You know, she's go when we first meet her, she's going around Gorse. She's traveling around the galaxy in search of people that have grievances against the Empire. You know, trying to recruit them to a slowly, um, you know, growing rebellion. Uh, we don't really see much to expand on that for Hera, but you know, uh, it, it does seem like it's been expanded upon good enough in Rebels, at least with what I've seen so far. Uh, what What's actually kind of an interesting thing for me is that uh, before I read A New Dawn, uh, the Star Wars book that I read before this was Lords of the Sith, which that's going to be another novel that I'm going to be taking a look at. But the main character in Lords of the Sith is Cham Syndulla, who is her father, 
And, you know, I, I don't, um, you know, Cham Sindula is actually her, um, like her father. And, you know, we've seen her in, uh, we, we've actually seen that character in, uh, Clone Wars, I believe. He's not a major character in Clone Wars, but there's like a handful of episodes that take place on Ryloth where there's like freedom fighters on Ryloth. And that's her father, Cham Sindula. And we see, and we're expanded upon that story. Like that's the biggest story in Lords of the Sith. So it really does, you know, it's by reading that book before I read this one, I really don't have to, it really, you know, gives so much explanation on why Hera is like this and why she has so many ambitions. You know, she, she's a very entertaining character. You know, she likes to use her natural charm and good looks to get what she wants, but she can hold her own in a fight. Uh, you know, she, and as many people can see in Rebels, you know, she's a simple, caring person. You know, she's kind of like the mom to the rest of the group. And I really like that. You know, Hera is, Hera is another one of my favorite characters from Rebels. And I really liked how I was introduced to her here. So I can't really complain about that. Um, unfortunately, though, uh, the other characters, I can't exactly say that um, are as amazing uh, you know, they're kind of hit and miss. You know, we have a character named Okadaya, who's like a father figure for Kanan. Uh, you know, he serves that role okay. Uh, you know, we have Boss Lal and Gore and her husband Gord, who are pretty fine characters, I guess. And, you know, they're characters that Kanan's developed a connection with on Gorse, and, you know, they're fine. But then our two other big characters, uh, Skelly and Zaluna. I've heard some people say that they like these characters, but... I honestly don't like there's they're both boring in my opinion there's not really much memorable about them like Skelly is just this crazy older guy who just knows a lot about bombs and Zaluna is just a security hacker there's really nothing um special about him and uh, unfortunately uh, the main villain Count Vidian is another boring villain you know he's this cyborg human like hybrid type of guy and Honestly, the only thing that I can really, really remember about him is like the way that they describe him and like some of the fan art that they have. He seems like a ripoff of Darth Malak from Knights of the Old Republic, except he's not really that scary or intimidating. He's just this evil guy for the sake of being evil. And they try to build upon him as being this big, frightening and menacing villain. But the funny thing is, is that he's defeated pretty handedly by our heroes and the cybernetics that he has within him show that he actually has a lot more weaknesses that are easy to exploit. He's just a guy who wants to do good for the Empire, and he's willing to do anything to accomplish that goal, and we've seen that villain before, and there's really nothing new that's done with him. Um, there is another book that's introduced, uh, another villain that's introduced in this book, I'm sorry. Uh, her name is Ray Sloan. She is the captain of the Star Destroyer Ultimatum that assists Vidian in this mission, uh, Ray Sloan doesn't do much in this book, but she is actually expanded upon. Uh, she is actually a main character in the uh, Aftermath trilogy, which is another uh, book trilogy that I'm going to be taking a look at the Jedi Squadron podcast at some point. She's this young captain who wants to prove herself to the Emperor since she's only a temporary commanding officer. Uh, she develops a connection with Vidian. It's cool to see her here. Uh, I had actually read this book after I read Aftermath, so... I don't know. It's just cool establishing her. Um, thankfully, she does get a bit more development in the Aftermath trilogy, but uh, 
We are, uh, but uh, we'll get to that when we get to it. Uh, but um, now, another thing I want to talk about, this is going to be a regular thing that I take a look at in canon books, is that I want to do another thing where uh, I'm going to be uh, bringing up a couple of uh, Easter eggs um, that, you know, and connections to other Star Wars media that are scattered throughout this book. So here's a few that I spotted. Um, so for starters, we have a quote at the uh, um, behind the book that uh, in which Emperor Palpatine says, quote unquote, the war is over. The Separatists have been defeated and the Jedi Rebellion has been foiled. We stand on the threshold of a new beginning, unquote. Now, this quote was not made in the actual Revenge of the Sith, but it was apparently part of the big speech that Palpatine makes in the movie, but it got cut out. But funnily enough, it did actually make an appearance in the comic book adaptation of the movie. Um, a big thing about this book is that since it's the first novel of the new canon, it has the burden of establishing a lot of regular terms and ideas from legends that are used in actual canon. Uh, you know, uh, you know, so one of the big things is that, uh, in the original legends, they would call coffee, uh, calf and, um, you know, calf is also used in this book and they use a lot of terminologies for geographical locations as well. So this does establish that a lot of the basic terms in the, uh, legends continuity are basically, basically still apply to, um, to uh, the new uh, to the new canon, um, in the page following the prologue, there is a text readout of a message sent to Jedi throughout the galaxy um, to stay away from the temple. Uh, the message is "quote unquote." This is Obi Wan Kenobi. Republic forces have been turned against the Jedi. Avoid Coruscant. Avoid detection. Stay strong, and may the Force be with you. Unquote. Uh, now. As you may know, that is uh, very different from the message that we actually see Obi-Wan uh, speak in the actual Rebels show. But there's apparently been an explanation for why this is different. Um, you know, the message that Obi-Wan sent had many different forms, and the version that we are shown in the text is apparently just a simplified text version of the same message. Uh, there is a metal known as Thoralide that appears in this novel. Um, it is a major resource that is being mined on the, uh, on the planet since, you know, as you may recall, um, uh, you know, uh, Kanan's working in a mine and the thing that, and the mine is rich in Thorolive, which is a metal. And this metal apparently appeared in, you know, previously in a Knights of the Old Republic comic. I've never read it, but apparently it had, it was, it did appear in a Legends continuity uh, Knights of the Old Republic comic, and funnily enough, uh, that comic was actually also written by John Jackson Miller, so yeah, John, nice job at canonizing your own material there. <laughs> um, and that's about it, um, you know, those are the only Easter eggs that I could really find, but uh, if you guys uh, saw, have read this book and know any other Easter eggs and you're watching this on YouTube, uh, be sure to uh, leave a comment down below, you know, just you know, any Easter eggs that you may have spotted. But to get into my overall thoughts of A New Dawn, it is a solid book and serves as a decent start to the Star Wars new canon in this, you know, new Del Rey era. Del Rey is the publishing company that's, you know, for all these book, books. It's got a lot of good action. They set up our two main characters perfectly. And admittedly, there are some anticlimactic points in the book. I'm not going to 
spoil anything, but uh, I can't be too disappointed with that because, you know, I feel like these points are going to be tied up in the actual Rebel show, and that's something I can appreciate, that the show doesn't go too far because, you know, they want to save a lot of the good stuff for when Rebels actually hits the show. Uh, is, it an, is it an amazing book? No, and I don't think I would ever read it again, um, unless until maybe when I finish Rebels and I just decide that I want to read this book again just because I love these characters. But at the very least, I can say that this book did intrigue me enough to want to watch Rebels even more than I already did before I read it. So it did definitely do something right. Um, I'm going to give this book an overall grade of a B-. And if you are a Rebels fan, I definitely recommend checking it out because it gives a lot more depth to both Kanan and Hera. So um, go ahead and check it out. That about wraps up this uh, podcast. Um, I will be returning to the Star Wars new canon with another novel review um, next time on the Jedi Squadron. Um, I thank you guys so much for checking me out. Um, you know, be sure to, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, please uh, like and subscribe and also leave any comments down below with any novels you would like for me to review. And if I've read them, I will review it immediately. And if not, well, then I'll get on it as fast as I can. With that said, uh, I also want to thank everyone who listens to us on iTunes and Spotify. You know, we love every each, each and every one of you that take the time to listen to us because without you guys, we would not be able to do this. I will see you guys next time when I return to the Star Wars in the novel form. But until that time, you guys stay safe. May the Force be with you, and we love you.